Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. This is Minister Ginger London, and I want to say thank you for tuning in. Today we're talking about emotionally healthy spirituality, and we're going to talk about your emotional experience. This is part four of the Emotional Strengthening Series. Um, so today we're going to learn how learn four symptoms of emotionally uh, healthy spirituality and practical ways to manage and strengthen your emotions, um, especially for the upcoming holiday season. A lot of times the, ho- the holiday season is an emotional time for people. Some people know how to manage their emotions well. Others um, have a little struggle in it. And so we're going to begin by getting right into it. Third John uh, chapter Third John verse 2 says, Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are healthy in your body as you are strong in your spirit. And so we are spiritual beings. We are created in the image of God. God gave us emotions and we are to worship God with our lives. And we do this in spirit and in truth. And so in order for us to live healthy uh, lives emotionally, our spirit man has to be strong. Our spirit man has to be um Strengthen, And so in order for you to have emotionally healthy spirituality, you first have to know uh, yourself. There has to be some self-awareness. And in order to do that, God, you have to go to God because God knows everything about you. And so your journey to emotional healthy spirituality begins with God showing you who you are and what needs to change. Uh, Psalm 139 verse 1 says, Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. There's nothing that goes on in our lives, in our emotions, in our thoughts that God doesn't know about. And verse 13 said, you made me, you've made all the delicate inner parts of my being and knit me together in my mother's womb. And a part of your delicate being uh, is your emotion. That's your emotional area. And as we said in part one, the heart um, is the center of who you are. It's where your emotions are stored, whether they're good emotions or, let's say, positive emotions or negative emotions. They're in your heart. And in the natural, the heart is the blood-pumping organ that gets everything through the body, that gets your blood through the body so that you can maintain life, so there can be some healthiness, not just in your inner being, but also uh, in your natural being. And so... Your emotions spiritually 
are stored in the seat of your heart. And so if your heart is pumping with the right emotions, then you'll have a healthy spirituality. If it's pumping with the wrong emotions, then you'll have negative spirituality or unhealthy, I should say, spirituality. And there's always a way for us to uh, strengthen ourselves, do better. So even if you find yourself in a place where your emotions are unhealthy spiritually, uh, have hope because there is uh, victory in Christ Jesus. Verse uh, 14 says, Thank you for making me wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. One translation says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. God made us as com- uh, complex pre- uh, creatures. In other words, um, we don't really know how God really uh, created our bodies and our minds and our emotions. We we can't really pinpoint every jot and tittle of how we're created. We know that we are complex beings, but we're not supposed to live li- uh, complex lives. So even though uh, the way you were created is complex and the understanding of that creation uh, may be uh, our, lim- our mindsets are limited in how we understand how we were created, and we know that our emotions can be complex at times. But, uh, what we also understand is that the knowledge that God desires for us to have about ourselves, even though it can be complex, it still can be understood. So even though your emotions may be complex or overwhelming at times, uh, may be uh, wounded and hurt and bruised, even in the midst of that, God has created you with a mind that it, that can understand where you are in your life right now and what you need to do in order to move to a spiritually healthy place um, in life. So interesting enough, verse 23 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. And that's what we want God to do. We want God to search us, reveal to us who we are, show us those things that are on the inside of us. And verse 24 says, Point out anything. In me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. If God can show us who we really are, point out those things, and if we come to an understanding of what needs to be changed, then we can live more healthier lives. And maybe uh, when people do things to us and say certain things, we won't be so easily offended and we will have the necessary skills that we need uh, to be successful in managing our emotions. And I know that can be uh, complicated at times, but if we would just trust God, God, you, you are the only one that truly knows everything about me. Point out those things that need to ch- that needs to change. And once uh, he points them out, then we have to be ready and willing to go and do everything that God says. So to be emotionally healthy spiritually, first you have to know yourself that you may know God. And you can only know yourself through God. So you must be open to reflection and um, self-awareness. Interesting enough, you know, a lot of times um, we teach that our emotions are not important and that um, that we should not be governed by them, and that is true. But we do need to be knowledgeable of them, and our emotions are important. Uh, you know, emotions are feelings on the inside caused by pain or it's caused by pleasure. And they um, 
cause us to move in certain directions. So if you think of emotions as uh, the steering wheel of your life, they determine direction, the direction that you go in. So when you have negative emotions, they will lead you into a negative direction. When you have positive emotions they are and they are aligned with the word of God, then those emotions will lead you in the direction that God desires for your life to go in. So negative emotions can cause you uh, to fall short, miss the mark. The negative emotions can cause you to live an unhealthy life, an unbalanced life. Negative emotions can cause your thought patterns to be off. Your thoughts are your uh, become uh, distorted or irrational. You start having irrational beliefs, um, stinking thinking, as some people call call it. Uh, but positive emotions can cause you to prosper. So. Um, uh, for a long time, Christians have been thought that emotions were bad. However, they are good or bad depending on how you use them. So uh, when you get a, the proper understanding of emotions, uh, that's the most important part of building um, a successful life or having healthy emotions or being healthy uh, spiritually. The Word of God says, with all of your getting, get an understanding. And I think if we would get a better understanding about who we are as human beings and what our, and what is really going on on the inside of us, what where our thought life uh, is coming from or our thought patterns, maybe if you have irrational belief or distorted thinking, if you can just get an understanding of where that's coming from, what what triggers uh, those patterns, uh, those thought patterns, or what trigger those emotional patterns, or your responses to certain things. I said in a, a previous show, a lot of times we learn how to um, manage our mo- emotions or uh, mismanage our emotions based on what we saw our family and friends do uh, growing up, or even what we learned on the job by seeing coworkers respond to uh, job situations a certain way. So we learn a lot about our emotions from what we saw other people do. So if you um, grew up where someone in your family uh, was always being hurt or friends were betraying them all the time, broke their confidence, and they responded with anger and a lot of talk, uh, for example, you can't trust anyone, people will always stab you in the back, don't let anybody get too close, you know, you will grow up and unless there's been a uh, supernatural move of God in your life, you will respond the same way to those types of situations as you saw your family and friends do it when you were growing up. If you saw people who became angry, throw temper tantrums and um, uh, slam things and slam doors and uh, throw uh, plates and bottles or whatever, if that was the way they expressed anger, if you didn't make a conscious effort not to do the same thing, you would find yourself getting becoming angry about something and you would do exactly the same thing. You would throw things, slam doors, uh, curse people out. You will repeat the pattern that you learn growing up. It takes a conscious effort on our part when we identify that there are some unhealthy practices in our Thought life, thought lives in our emotional beings um, that we learned along the way, and unless we allow God, as the Scripture says, search um, everything that's in me and point out everything that offends you, everything that goes against the Word of God that keeps you from living a holy and acceptable life unto God. If you, if we will allow God to point those things out, then we will begin to become strengthened in our emotions. Strengthening our thinking, you know, and then we can do some uh, wonderful things instead of being offended all the time. So with all of your getting, get an understanding. Remember, emotions are a gift from God. 
you know, they are that the, the vital part of our worship. They are a vital part of our, our, our being, of who we are. And if you're taking notes, Acts chapter uh, 17, verse 27 uh, says this. His purpose in all of this was that the nation should seek after God and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him, though he is not far uh, from a, from any of us. Uh, and verse 28 says, for in him we live and move and exist. And so emotions are an important uh, part of how we connect to God and how we feel his presence and even um, how we connect to other people, as I said um in another uh, part of the another show of, in this series is that emotions connect you to other people that they're either going to connect you or disconnect you if you have healthy emotions uh the relationship with another person will be a healthy connection if your emotions are negative towards that person person then your emotions will cause you to become disconnected from that person for example if you dislike a person when that uh, dislike intensifies and you really get to the place where you, as we say, can't stand that person. Well, that emotion will cause you to become disconnected from that particular relationship. So emotions are, are the, is the thing that co- uh, connects us in relationships or disconnects us um, in relationships. And so I'm going to talk to you about four things that can help you have a healthy uh, spirituality um but before we move to that, let's look at some of the things that cause unhealthy spirituality. And, and they're called false self-symptoms. In other words, these are things that are, are they're symptoms on the inside of you, but they're false symptoms because uh, they make you feel one way, but it causes you to do the opposite of that or to have certain thoughts. For example, I say yes when I really mean no. So the, that false Self-symptom says, on the inside, I really want to tell you no, but I tell you yes for a number of reasons. Either I want you to like me, or I don't want to. I want to keep peace, or I don't want to cause any trouble, or I don't want you to have to ask me why I don't want to do it for you. So I say yes when I really mean no. I'll do that thing for you, uh, and then in the end, I'll probably go talk to someone else and tell them that I really didn't want to do it. And so now my my emotions are compounded with I didn't really do what I wanted to do and I'm angry about it or I'm disappointed with myself because I really wanted to tell you no, but I told you yes. And so that's that's one. Or um, you may uh, find yourself or know someone who says, I get depressed when people are upset with me. You know, a lot of times when we don't want people to be upset with us, that's because our emotions are unhealthy. You know, uh, as I said before, anger uh, it's a natural emotion or it's one of the emotions that we naturally feel. How we respond in anger tells us whether or not we're sinning towards someone or we are um, being uh, uh, not uh, the best possible person that we can be towards someone else. So how we respond to it. So uh, when you get to the place where you say, I don't want to make anybody upset, so uh, I don't want to get you angry because I don't want you to be upset with me, there's some level of insecurity within you that's getting in the way of you really expressing what you desire to really express. Um, Or you may have this feeling, I have a need to be approved by others to feel good about myself. And so I don't really say what I really want to say. I really don't share the true emotion that I have. What I do is I do whatever I need to do for people to like me. And so, again, even though it works for a minute, 
or for a moment, eventually what happens is those feelings begin to, the true feeling begins to surface when you're at home on alone, when you're riding in the car, when you're um, uh, somewhere where you're by yourself and your mind begins to uh, process what ha- what it is. And what you're saying is, I need you to approve me. So I'll do things to make you like me, even though I don't want to do those particular things. Um, also, uh, your unhealthy fault or your false self-sympathy could be, um, I'm fearful and I can't take risks. You know, are you afraid that you'll be disappointed or you won't be successful or you won't make it? There's a lot of things that those those false symptoms will cause you to cause you to feel on the inside. It's because they're unhealthy. You know, these are the, these are the old message tapes that we play in our minds when our emotions are uh, unhealthy, when our spirituality is not matured. You know, these are the things that we play in our mind. Uh, one of them is I compare. I compare myself a lot to other people. When you're unhealthy spiritually, uh, the reason why you compare yourself a lot to other people is because you don't know the real person that God created you to be, or you don't, or you don't like the real or the person who you are right now because you don't understand what's going on on the inside of you, or you can't. Uh, find the journey of healing that you need to take in order that you can be comfortable with who you are and love yourself. You know, the scripture tells us to love ourselves, our neighbors as we love ourselves. Well, the only way you can really love someone else or really say that you like that other person, you first have to love and like yourself. You know, if you don't love yourself, there's nothing within your being that will uh, strengthen you to be able to love someone else. So we a lot of times when you when you compare yourself to other people, it's because you're either disappointed with yourself in certain areas, or you really haven't learned how to love yourself the way that God uh, wants us uh, uh, wants you to love yourself, and so you struggle in that um, area. Another one is something similar to this, or you may identify specifically with this. I want my children to behave well, so others will think I'm a good parent. See, all of those are insecurities in some capacity. You know, so we do things that we think that will make people see us in a different way or see us differently than what we really are because we don't want people to know that we're hurting on the inside, that we're unhealthy emotionally, our thought life is off. You know, we want people to think that we're A-OK, we got everything going, and basically what happens is you put a mask on your face uh, and you put a mask around your heart. People are not experiencing uh, the real you. They're experiencing the false you or the one that the mask creates for them. So it's going to be real important that you um, allow God to show you who you are and that you have uh, self-awareness. And so let's get into actually, uh, you know, some of the symptoms of the un- emotionally unhealthy spirituality. What is What are some of the uh, symptoms when uh Spiritually, when things are unhealthy, how can you recognize them or how will other people around you recognize when your spirituality is immature and uh, your emotions that are involved in your spirituality are immature? First, you use God to run from God, you know, and and what we do in those cases is that we find things um, in our spiritual walk on the surface that that appears to be healthy and working, but they're not working at all. And so we use God to run from God. And so we say things like, when I do God's work, when I do God's work to satisfy me, 
uh, you know, I, I feel good. Well, that's not a healthy thing because everything that we do is supposed to be done unto the Lord. You know, so when you use it to satisfy you, you say, well, I get my satisfaction out of doing something in the house of God or helping people out, you know, uh, and those are good things. But when you're when your emotions are unhealthy and you use that to camouflage what's really going on in your life, then your spirituality is unhealthy. When uh, you use scripture to justify the sinful parts of your family, your culture, the nation, or, or just your life in a uh, period, you know, well, you know, uh, this one is not a scripture, but sometimes we say things like, well, I'm only human, you know, uh, or we'll use the scripture, you know, uh, that, well, God is a forgiving God. And or we'll say, well, God knows my heart. You know, uh, we know, well, the Bible says judge not. You know, we use those uh, scriptures not because we're walking in a healthy um uh, and spiritually matured way, but we're trying to camouflage that our spirituality is not matured as we would like for it to be. So we try to make people think. So we use God uh, to run away from God, you know, instead of allowing the scriptures to correct you or or instead of your allowing yourself to go through this, uh, the spiritually matured process, we take the scriptures and we use our relationship with God to really run away from the very thing that can strengthen us in our emotions. Um or you use uh, biblical truth selectively, you know, to suit your purposes. Uh, uh, when uh, you mess up, you know, uh, the Bible said we're all sin. We've all sinned and fell short for, to the glory of God. That's true, but it's not a justification for why you continue to do the same things over and over and over again. So you have to find a way to identify that, you know, I'm really not spiritually matured right here. I'm using biblical things. I'm using the things of God to really run from God. I don't want the, the word of God to change me. I just want to make it look like I'm changed. And so that's when you know it's unhealthy. It's when you use God to run away from God. Uh, number two, an unhealthy sign is that you ignore the emotions of anger, sadness, and fear. Well, those are the ones that we, we're told, you know, why don't you just get over it? Why don't you know, I know it happened, but why don't you uh, just get over being angry, get over sadness, get over fear? You know, so and a lot of times we try to do that, but it doesn't work because you really can't just get over those uh, situations or those types of uh, feelings, you know. So what we do is we try to inflate ourselves with a false sense of confidence to make those feelings go away. So we, we quote scripture, we pray a lot, we memorize scripture, you know, anything to keep ourselves from being overwhelmed by those feelings. And all of those practices are good, um, except when they're used to run from the feeling instead of being healed from the feeling. That's when it's, it's unhealthy. It's when you're using it to camouflage the feeling instead of actually being healed from um, the actual feeling. So a lot of times, you know, Christians have been told that um, that you, what you're feeling, uh, your feelings are unreliable. And, and they are unreliable in, re, in relation to wearing them on your sleeve and governing your life according to your feelings. But your feelings are really true, uh, are actually true uh, a, a true experience that you're going through at that time. You can't trust your feelings, your, some of your emotional feelings, to make a decision, but it is unhealthy to pretend like you don't feel those feelings or you're not having those feelings. And so what happens is a lot of times people go up and down in attending to their um, spiritual lives because when you're angry about something and somebody's telling you, 
oh, well, you know, they start quoting that scripture, be angry and sin not. Or they tell you, well, you know, oh, that's the enemy trying to throw you off course. Or A lot of times you're angry for the right reason. Jesus had a righteous indignation. There were times when Jesus became angry at things that we should get angry about. And he didn't go run and hide and pretend like he wasn't angry. He managed his anger well, but it was still expressed. You know, um, when it was time for him to go to the cross, I mean, he was sad. And God, can you take this cup from me? If it's your will, let it pass over me. You know, so there are times when we are sad in our lives, whether it's um, from things that have happened to us, the loss of loved ones, you know. But the Bible said we don't don't grieve as people that have no hope. So even when you experience sadness, there's a way for the joy of the Lord to be restored in your life. You don't have to succumb to sadness, and you don't have to pretend like you're not sad and cover it up. You know, it's good to walk around, or it's good to make positive confessions and have positive affirmations spoken over your life from the scriptures, but it's not good to use the scriptures to mask your feelings or mask your uh, what you're going through. It's not good because that is, again, a false sense of confidence. And nowhere in the scriptures are we told to have a false sense of confidence. We're told to be confident of this. He that began a good work will perform it until the day of Christ. And so... Um, we use scripture in a healthy way, but we're not to use them uh, in a, an unhealthy way to camouflage what we're going, what we're really going through. And so, uh, what we have to do is try your best uh, to realize that as a human being, you will have feelings. So don't minimize or deny what you're feeling. Um, because it only distorts the process. It only distorts what what you're really going through. You have to be able to uh, honestly express what your feelings are uh, to yourself as well as to others, and you have to honestly say, uh, be able to express your feelings um, uh, towards God. You know, in the, the scripture that we says, God, search me, O Lord. You know all about me. And if you start at the beginning and read all the way through, it says, you know every thought that I have. You know the words that I'm going to speak before I say them. You know the places that I'm going to go to before my feet ever begins to travel. You know when I sit down. You know when I get up. You know everything about me. So since God already knows everything about you, then if you need to express those feelings, express them honestly to God. God, she made me angry when she said that she hurt my feelings. He insulted me. He made, uh, you know, he embarrassed me. He humiliated me. You know, um, my supervisor uh, embarrassed me on the job. I'm angry about that. You know, you have to be able to honestly express our feelings to other people in a matured way as well as make our expressions of our emotions to God in a healthy way. You know, um, once you uh, don't do that, you take your spirituality, your spiritual journey off course, and you cut out a vital part of becoming spiritually mature when you uh, don't learn how to manage your emotions or express them in a healthy way. And so God's desire, as we said, is for us to be in good health, even as our soul prospers, even as your mind and your emotions prosper, then guess what? Everything else prospers because as a man thinketh in his heart, as you think in your emotions, as you think in your mind, so are you. So you will be. Okay, so your emotions must be healthy if you want to have a healthy thought life and if you want to live a healthy life just in general because we are moved, we, we exist by, or I should say we respond to our life by what's going on in our emotions. And the fourth unhealthy um, sign is that you deny the you deny the past impact on the present. So 
And what that means, an example, is that somebody hurt you in the past and you're denying that that hurt is showing up in the present. That anger from that experience is showing up in the present. Somebody made you angry uh, on the job and and you're pretending like when they come down the hall (laughs) three weeks later that you're still not angry with them. And that it's not affecting how you're presently operating on your job or or if somebody uh, embarrassed you, insulted you, whatever that emotional pain is from the past. You're pretending like it doesn't affect you today. For example, like I gave you the example earlier about a friend betrays your trust, tells one of your confidences, a confidence of yours, and they break that uh, that loyalty uh, bond that you have. And so you pretend like, you know, you're over it, but you make comments like, I'll never trust anybody again with my innermost secrets because every time I trust somebody, they break my confidence. They take my story and they run and they go tell somebody, you know, uh, my secret or they tell somebody uh, a private thought that I had or something that I didn't want other people to know. Well, you don't realize that the that your uh, the pain from the past is showing up in the present by what you say and how you're responding. So sometimes, and then when somebody brings it to your attention, we deny that that expression is coming from something in the past or your inability um, to love wholeheartedly or unconditionally. You know, you get involved into a relationship. You allow uh, your love to only go to a certain degree or extent because you've been hurt in the past. And so you build up a wall or a barrier. The person can only get so far and you don't realize that 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 response is coming from something in the in your past uh, life and so when people bring it to your attention, you say, "Oh no, no, um, I'm, that's not what I'm doing. I'm just paying attention to the relationship, you know." And you don't realize, or you're in denial, I should say, because a lot of times when we do those things, they're on purpose. So you're in denial that your the emotions from your past are affecting uh, what it is that you're doing in your present life situation, and so. Once you come to the realization of that, then you can do better. And and um, a lot of times what we do is um, we um, over-spiritualize things and we say, you know, when the Bible says that, you know, when we become new in Christ, old things pass away, behold, all things become new. And that is true. You know, your relationship with God becomes new. Your salvation experience becomes new. But the the feelings that you had from the past and the uh, the possibility of them affecting your your future or your present is still there. It's not until you are transformed by the renewing of your mind that you begin to be become healed and process uh, from those past hurts and wounds or emotions. Because you can still get saved and still be angry about what somebody did a year a year ago or what somebody did last week. And so we have to allow God, as the scripture says, to search us. Find those things that are still lingering in there that's causing us to be um, unhealthy and causing us to respond to people and uh, situations in a certain way that doesn't allow us to be the being that you created us to be. And so even though there's a a scripture that says, um, where Paul says, you know, um, forgetting those things which are behind me and pressing toward the mark of the high calling. Well, the only way that you can press forward or the only way uh, that you can press forward or forget those things is you have to remember that those things did once exist. Paul couldn't move forward until he dealt with what had happened in the past. If you read the scriptures, you'll know there are times when he tells you, you know, I was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. I was a murderer of Christians. I was this, I was that. Those were the things that he did in his past. But now he's saying, you know, listen, 
I have re- I have um reconciled that in my life. In other words, I have processed that and those things are no longer affecting my present. And so since I have been healed and set free from that, I can now move forward into um uh, Pursuing the high calling that God has on my life. And a lot of times we can't move forward in our lives in relationships, uh, personal relationships, family relationships, uh, relationships on the job, because we haven't processed a negative or hurting situation from the past. And so we can't forget it or let it go because it's still connected to us because we haven't become healed from it. We haven't allowed ourselves to take a spiritual heal- journey of healing from that situation, from that those words that were spoken over your life or into your life. We haven't taken that journey. And so we struggle with um, how do we process this? How do we really forget those things which are behind? You can only forget them when God has pointed them out to you and given you a plan to be healed from that particular wound. You know, he says God is near the brokenhearted. He's near the contrite spirit. Jesus said, I come to heal the brokenhearted. You have to you have to acknowledge that your heart is broken. You can't pretend like it's healthy and whole and wholesome when it's not. So in order to get to this place where you forget those things which are behind you, remember you can't be in denial about it. You have to actually begin to work on uh taking that spiritual journey that will mature you and bring you out of it so that you can say, yes, it happened to me, but it's no longer connected to me. So when it's disconnected from you, that's when you can say, I'm forgetting those things which are behind and I'm pressing toward the mark of the high calling. You know, um, any, any emotional pain or hurt that are unhealed, are still going to be connected to your present and to your uh, future if you don't go through the healing process that keeps the, that would allow you uh, to be um, in place with God. And so another unhealthy and the last unhealthy spiritual, uh, emotionally spiritual point is we spiritualize away conflict. You know, uh, nobody likes conflict, but but conflict can show up in any area of your life. It can show up on your job. It can show up between family members. It can show up in personal relationships. It can show up in the neighborhood with your neighbors. It can show up if you're a parent with your children, when you're trying to parent your children. A conflict can show up in a, a number of ways and a lot of t- in a num- number of situations. And a lot of times we try to spiritualize away conflict by saying things, well, I'm not going to say anything, you know, I'm going to be the bigger person. You know, sometimes it's not about being the bigger person. It's about being the more matured person or being the more spiritual person. And spirituality and maturity, spiritual maturity uh, uh, doesn't say that you run from conflict. It says that you know how to manage conflict and how to handle it appropriately so that it can be resolved. You walking away, not, not, that's not to say you're to be uh, fighting, fist fighting and uh, getting into overheated battles and conflicts with people to resolve conflicts. And there are some situations where when the resolution doesn't come the way God intended, yes, you walk away from it. You know, when it's rejected, when the re- when the reconciliation or the the resolution, the resolving of the matter is rejected or it, it, it can't be resolved in a healthy way, then you walk away from it. But there but 
uh, as Christians, we're told, you know, to to not be timid. You know, don't um, run away from conflict. We don't create conflict in, you know, in in every situation, or uh, we don't uh, try to, like I say, go to blows with people. But we do need to resolve conflict. So running away from it, the only thing that happens is you begin to build tension in your spirit, man, because you're unhappy about the fact that the the situation was not resolved, and so. What we do is we spiritualize and we say, well, be the bigger person, walk away, don't say anything, you know, um, uh, uh, we don't we don't resolve it. And so here's a question that I have for you. What do you feel when faced with the tension and, and mess of disagreement? Uh, you feel a lot of anxiety on the inside because it's not resolved. When you get around that person, you know, um, the anxiety shows up because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if the person's going to say something to trigger maybe another conflict, trigger an argument, say something to uh, to embarrass you or say something like throw a nugget out there so people know that there's some friction going on between the two of you. People don't always um, uh, handle conflict in the best possible way. Uh, uh, wait, and so when you're unhealthy spiritually, here's some of the things that you would do when it comes to uh, handling conflict. You'll say one thing to people's faces and then another behind their backs. That's when you're spiritually uh, uh, immature and unhealthy in your emotions. Or you'll go on attack and you'll make ex- uh, all kind of excuses by uh, uh, attacking the other person or using uh, certain attack verbiage towards the other person than taking your responsibility in it. You give people the silent treatment so you don't say anything. You think because you're giving them the silent treatment that you're the bigger person, and that's not always the case. Um, you become sarcastic. So when people are talking to you, you start saying sharp and mean things to them, you know, uh, and so that means that you're not handling it well. Uh uh, you you would leak your anger by sending out an email or text message containing not so subtle uh, criticism, and I know uh, family and friends that do that. They send text messages, uh, and in the text message, you can you can t- uh, sense the anger that they have, or they'll send emails. And when you read the email, the wording or the verbiage in the email lets you know that they're angry about uh or they're angry with you or they're angry about something some conversation that you all had or they're angry about something that you did or something that you didn't do so it shows up and so when you're spiritually uh unhealthy emotionally or spiritually immature what ha- uh, happen is you'll use these technology uh uh, methods uh, to get your anger out. So you really, once again, you're wearing a mask, which is the text message or the email system. So you use that to express your anger rather than expressing your anger in a healthy way um, uh, to the person. You use uh, another a vehicle uh, to make to travel your anger in so that you won't have to di- basically face them directly. Um, uh, or you tell only half the truth because uh, you can't bear to hurt another your friend's feeling. So you don't become uh, you're not truthful about how you feel about the conflict, uh, and so you only say a little bit, but you don't say the most crucial part, and that's the part that you think is going to hurt the person's feeling, and that's the part that they need to hear because that will help them resolve the conflict. So there are several things that we do. Uh, in our on our spiritual journey that causes us to remain unhealthy uh, in our spirituality. And number one, we use God to run from God. And again, we start using scriptures and all those things. Number two, ignoring the emotions of anger, sadness, and fear. Uh, and so uh, we, we ignore that. Number three, we deny the past. 
impact on the present. And then uh, number four, uh, we spiritualize away conflict. And so let's talk about, uh, in the time remaining, let's talk about how do we become uh, healthy in our emotionally healthy in our spirituality. What are the things that we need to do? So I'm gonna give you some um, strategies to take, and then with each strategy, I'm gonna give you a prayer to help you understand um, how that strategy can be applied, and so you'll be able to glean something from uh, the prayer that I share with you. Okay, and and the first thing you want to do, and we talked about it already, is know yourself that you may know God. There has to be self-awareness. You have to be truthful about what's going on in the inside of you so that you will know what areas need to be worked on. God, show me. Show me those things that offend you. Show me what I need to do to become better, to become mature, to become emotionally healthy. And so here's a prayer that will help you uh, for that part. And it says, Lord, help me to be still before you. Lead me to a greater vision of who you are in so doing. May I see myself for who I truly am. Grant me the courage to follow you, to be faithful, to become the unique person you have created me to be. I ask you for the Holy Spirit's power to not be anybody but me. God, may I not find my identity in what I do, what others think think or what I possess, but rather let but rather live out of the reality of your love and your will for this particular day for my life. God, show me who I am. And that has to be your prayer every day. God, help me to know who I am. Show me who I am. What are those things that are unique about me? Uh, show me those things that you've created within me and and bring me through a healing process so that I can trust you and not need other people to validate me. But I can be so confident in who I am and who you designed me to be that even when I run into a conflict or even when a person disagrees with me or even when they hurl insults at me or even when they say things that or do things that are that I become disappointed with, I still am safe in my mind and in my emotions in knowing who I truly am. So number one is know yourself that you may know God. Number two Go back in order to go forward. And we talked about that. You're not going back so that you can stay in it. You're going back so that you can identify what it is that triggers off these unhealthy emotions, triggers off these uh, irrational um, belief patterns and thoughts so that you can move forward, so that you can develop a strategy to be healed uh, from those things. And so here's a prayer that you can pray. Lord, I believe you are a God with great purposes. You place me into my particular family, in a particular place, in a particular time in history. I don't see what you see, but I ask you to show me, Lord, the revelation and purposes for you, purposes you have for me in your decision. I do not want to betray or be ungrateful for what was given to me. Yet, at the same time, help me discern what I need to let go of from my past and what my essential discipleship issues are in the present that may be addressed. Grant me courage. Grant me wisdom to learn from my past but not be crippled by it. And may I, like Joseph, be a blessing to my earthly family. Amen. Or to your family or the body of Christ, your friends. God, show me what it is about me that I need to let go. Because it's that thing that's keeping you uh, emo- wearing your emotions on your sleeve, uh, being uh, easily uh, bruised, or as we say it, and you might identify, you know, overly sensitive in certain areas. So, God, what is that thing that is so tender? 
on the inside of me that's so bruised that if somebody even says a certain word, I go off. You know, if they mention a name, I become furious. Or if they mention a, a situ, a, a incident, or a situation, you know, or a circumstance, I become angry about certain things. What is that thing that triggers me to respond in an unhealthy way? Remove that from me. Give me strategies on leaving that. Okay. Then uh, number three, journey through the wall. In other words, go forward. You know, uh, uh, trust God to uh, uh, to take you out of your comfort zone, and for today's discussion, your comfort zone is that wounded area, that unhealed area in your emotion, those uh, spiritually unhealthy practices you may have been engaging in. That's the that's the wall that you want to break through. So you have to become like Abraham and leave your country and go afar off. Leave that comfort zone and go into a far off land. Even though you don't know how God is going to heal you, you don't know what steps you have to take through the journey of healing right now, the bottom line is God says step out of your emotion wounded area, step out of those, that thing that's crippling you, step out of those irrational thoughts, step out of that baggage that you've been carrying around for years and years and start walking toward a land that I'm going to show you that's going to help you become a better person. And so here's your prayer. Heavenly Father, teach me to trust you even when I do not know where you're going. Help me to surrender and not turn inward out of fear. The storms and winds of life, O Lord, blow strongly all around me. I cannot see in front of me. Sometimes I feel I'm going to drown. But, Lord, you are the center. So help me to make it through this journey that you're taking me on for healing. You know, And that's what you want. God, I don't see how you're going to do this. And I may not really understand how you're going to take me through this healing journey. But, God, if you would just allow me to follow you in this on this journey, I know that you're going to always be with me. You'll never leave me, uh, leave me or lead me astray. That wherever you take me, I'm going to be blessed. When Abraham made it to the far country, God said, I'm going to make your name great. And I'm going to bless you. And everybody that that blesses you or be blessed. So when God brings you through the healing process and through that journey, what happens is not only do you become emotionally healthy, strong, and become blessed, but those that connect to you because of your your spiritual maturity will be blessed by your life. Okay? So number four is uh, enlarge your soul uh, through grief and loss. And what I mean by that is when you let go of all of the grief that comes with the pain and the hurt in, the, in those emotional areas, when you say, God, I no longer want to carry that, I want to let it go, then your your heart or your soul has been enlarged because now you have room for healthy emotions, that you have room to experience the greatness that emotions can bring to your life and make the right connections and respond correctly to certain things. But you can't do that until you've made room in your emotions or made room uh, uh, in your soul for the for the negative to go away and the positive to come and feel uh, the godly principles to come and fill your soul. And when you allow that to happen, not only does it just bring joy to your life, it becomes the gatekeeper of your soul. And uh, and so in another show, I say you are, you are to guard your heart. You can only guard your heart with the things, the word of God and with the, the kingdom practices that God tells you to engage in so that you can keep the harm and the danger out. So you want to enlarge your soul through grief and loss. Let it go. And sometimes it, it feels a little painful to let it go, but it's beneficial um, for you to um, let it go. 
And so uh, here's a prayer that um, you can pray. Lord Jesus, when I think about my losses, it can feel that I, I have no skin to protect me. In other words, you, you feel like you're raw and open. It becomes really sensitive when you say, God, take it from me. Because now you have to open up that wounded area and let it out. And anytime you open up a wound, when air begins to blow on it, you're going to feel a little pain. But in order for it to heal, sometimes you have to leave that wound open. open because there's some wounds that we have in our physical body. When we cover them up, sometimes it just creates uh, a bigger problem. So when it when 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 the air hits it, when the breath of God hits it, you might feel a little pain. But if you would just allow God to leave that area open so that the wound can uh, be released, then you will become healed in your emotions. So it's going to feel raw for a moment, but um, just hang in there. So the rest of the prayers, I don't know why you have allowed such pain. You know, uh, God, that's you talking to God. And so you say, I invite you, Father and Holy Spirit, to make your home in me, uh, to freely to freely roam and fill every crevice of my life. And what that means is, God, I'm going to allow you to replace these wounded emotions with emotions that are healthy, with emotions that are whole, with emotions that are uh, sincere. I no longer have to wear a mask and camouflage anything and respond uh, un- in an unhealthy way. I want you to replace it with a good understanding about who I am and replace it with emotions that I'm okay with releasing into the lives of other people. Okay, number five, discover the rhythm of your life. In other words, um, you need to grab hold of which direction God is moving you in and what is your you're a part of that. How do you, what role do you play in the healing process? God, I'm going to go through this. I'm going to walk out the steps that you tell me to walk out. The scripture says the steps of a good man are ordered by God. And so you want to be able to uh, go with, with the direction that God is leading you in, even though uh, you feel overwhelming at times when you go through this particular process. You want to be able to go through that process and follow the steps that God has ordered for your life. And so your prayer is, teach me to be prayerfully attentive to you, not only when I stop and pause, but also through the rest of the day. In in other words, the rest of the journey. Let me continue to to, uh, acknowledge you even through the rest of the journey. And then the last thing that I want to tell you is that you want to grow into into an emotionally matured person. That's where you want to go. God, I'm asking you to resolve these issues in my life because it is my desire to be emotionally healthy. I want to be a matured person. I don't want to um, uh, always be offended by everything that people, that somebody says to me. You know, I want to be uh, strong in my emotions. I don't always want to have to succumb to hurts and pains. You know, when I get disappointed, I may be disappointed, but I want to be overcome by disappointment. I don't want to be overcome or grippled by uh, words that people use towards me. I want to have the righteous indignation where I can stand up for myself and be confident that even that in protecting and guarding my heart, that you are pleased with how I re- um, respond to situations and how I handle certain situations. You want to be become you want to become spiritually matured. And that's going to be crucial in every area of your life, whether uh, it's with family members, coworkers, friends, personal relationships, spiritual. You being a matured person or adult is going to be crucial in how you handle uh, situations um, in your life. So you want to grow into an emotionally uh, 
uh, matured person and um, saw, I mean, First uh, Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1, 2, 3 helps you to understand it. If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and cannot fath- and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. And the only way you can express love, you're going to have to be a mature, spiritually matured person. You're going to have to be health, emotionally healthy in your spirituality. It is impossible for an unhealthy, uh, emotionally unhealthy spiritual person to release the love the way God intended. You will call it love, but it will not be love. You will hurt people, but you will say you're loving people. You know, you will insult people, but you'll say you're loving people. You'll uh, say disappointing things. But um, you'll say you're loving people. So you will do things and you'll try to camouflage it in love, but it won't be love. And so here's the prayer that you can pray. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. I am aware, Lord, of how often I treat people um, as objects instead of looking at them with the eyes and heart of Christ. Lord, I have unhealthy ways of relating that are deeply embedded in me. Please change me. Make me a vessel of uh, make me a vessel to spread mature, steady, reliable love, so that people with whom I come in contact will sense your tenderness and kindness. Deliver me from false peacemaking that is driven by fear. Lord Jesus, help me to love well. Uh, help me to love well like you. Grow me, I pray, into an emotionally mature adult through the Holy Spirit's power. Amen. That's where you want to be. You want God to help you to become an emotionally, spiritually matured person. And you can only do that when he has removed those things from your emotions that hinders you from responding to people in love. And in love doesn't mean that you ignore things, that you run away from things, that you wear a mask, that you camouflage anything, that you pretend like it didn't happen, that you walk away and not try to resolve it. That's not what love does. The word says that love covers a multitude of sins. In other words, it reaches out its hand to to um, ground a person back into the righteous place they should be. So even when you have a conflict with somebody or an unhealthy um, situation that um, uh, comes about with another person, what love does is love reaches out a hand that says, let's reconcile this so neither one of us will be wounded. Love says, let's resolve this so so we won't walk away from here and stay angry with one another. Let's resolve this so that we won't continue to attack one another, so we won't continue to humiliate one another. Let's resolve this so we can maintain a healthy and wholesome relationship with one another, so we can work well on the job, so we can be, continue to be the best of friends. And so, so that we can t- continue to be good brothers and sisters and not always arguing over family issues. Let's resolve this so that we can be emotionally strong in our beings. Let's bring some resolution uh, to this. And so the the way to do that is to actually to develop a rule of life. And what that means is that, you know, God is the center of your being. 
And that's the rule that you live by, that the power that's on the inside of you that's greater than anything is the power of God. And that you will not allow anything to take the place of the center of your being. You know, uh, the uh, there's a song, you know, Jesus, you're the center of my joy. That's what needs to take place. God's joy needs to become the center of your being. And nothing should get in the way to distract you or pull you away from it. Uh, uh, you need to... Uh, resolve in your will that that um, the joy of the Lord is your strength, and that that's how your emotions will stay in place and won't be run and won't run rapid and won't become mismanaged or uncontrollable. It'll be because the joy of the Lord is your strength, and through God's joy and through the wisdom of the Word, you can manage your emotions. You can become a healthy, uh, an emotionally healthy. Uh, spiritual person or you can have emotionally healthy spirituality and that is what's going to sustain you. We are spiritual beings. We're created in the image of God in his likeness. It is God's desire that we uh, resemble him and we can't resemble him if we are not um, walking in his ways and you can't walk in God's ways if you don't know uh, what his ways are. And so God, the joy of the joy of the Lord has to become the center of your being. If you're going to be um, healthy and spiritually matured, that's what's going to have to happen. And so I want to encourage you, whatever that pain is that's going on the inside of you, whatever those disappointments are, whatever the fears are that have gripped your heart and has, ca- and has caused you to not function in a healthy, emotionally healthy way, pray that God will search your heart, reveal to you who you are, to let you know exactly what it is that you need to do. Uh, to become healthy so that you can be the precious gem that he has called you to be. You can become the apple of his eye, and people can be excited about being around you, being connected to you, uh, being friends with you. That's what you want, or uh, being able to um, uh, really appreciate the great work that God has done on the inside of you. And I want to read this to you as we close. And if you write this scripture down, this can be your your scripture uh, for the day, and uh, it will help you in understanding what I'm what I'm saying. And it's Philippians chapter four, and this is, I'm going to read uh, uh, enough of these verses so you can understand exactly um, what it is that I'm trying to uh, say right now, uh, or close with this particular teaching. And beginning at verse one, it says, "Dear brothers and sisters, I love you and long to see you, for you are my joy and the reward of my work. So please stay true to the Lord, my dear friend." And now I want to plead with uh, these two women, Udaya and Sikachi, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, by true teammate, to help these women, for they work with hard with me in telling others of the good news, and they work hard with Clement and the rest of my coworkers. And we're going to go to verse four. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say, I say it again. Rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear friends, let's say, uh, let me say one more thing as I close this letter. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right. Think about 
things that are pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned from me and heard from me and saw me doing, and the law and the God of peace will be with you. And if you are hurting in your emotions, that's the place you want to be, at a place of peace. I want to thank you for listening on today, and I want to say to you, if you go to www.gingerlondon.com and become an e-club member, I will uh, send you, excuse me, um, the notes from this teaching. If this is the place where you are, you want to be able to uh, uh, learn a little bit more or review it, then I want to encourage you to go to www.gingerlondon.com and become an e-club member, and I will send you the notes. Uh, from this teaching, and if you missed any of the other teachings, you can go back for the replays. Um, I want to I thank you. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.